Hey, hi, hello, <laughs> and welcome to the after party. <gasps> you may come in with a certain number of bones. You may leave with fewer or more bones. Just, you know, put on a little colorful name tag or handkerchief in your pocket. This is something I learned from Terran traditions in the early uh, 20th century. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it'll indicate if you want to keep your number of bones, increase them or decrease them. I love that. Is this like a stop, like a flashlight party or a stoplight party? Yeah. What, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Party. I, disco- I discovered this around the time in San in the old San Francisco, not New San Francisco, which is on New Mars, mm. but old San Francisco from Terra, where they had uh, groups of men would come around and they had different handkerchiefs that said we had the number of bones they wanted. Get it? It's a joke. It's a Happy joke. Pride. It's a joke. Happy Pride. <laughs> hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the after party. I didn't DM all this stuff, so I'm doing it today. Yeah. It's me. I'm Amanda. I've been Amanda the whole time. Happy Pride to you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I very much appreciate that. Amanda, I do have a request for the listeners. Oh, sure. You know how you like to like quietly whisper things to Brandon while we're talking on, like, you'll, you'll quietly whisper yeah. your jokes? Can you just quietly whisper some pistons throughout the episode and I'll create like a super cut for after the credits? Uh, I did. I did tell listeners in the last mid-roll that I, I said the word pistons in the accent and then told them that on the honor system, they have to become patrons if they listen to it. Um, so I'll do that again. And if you stick around after the credits, people, you have to become patrons. Okay, that's the rule. That's the mm-hmm. rule. It's true. We'll come to your house. We know. We have space technology now. <laughs> we do. Distance. We know. I invented it. Oh, you just said pistons again. There <laughs> it is. It. I heard it. All right. Well, I, I'm going to take these reins. They're sticky. They have jam on it. Why? Amanda. You know my favorite food that? is toast with honey. It Too was, much honey. Oh, it was honey. It was Amanda. It's Amanda. There's no way that thing is sticky. That's, that's, that's a lie, and you know it, Eric. <laughs> Nothing Amanda owns is sticky ever. My favorite foods are honey and fruit, though, so I my hands are frequently sticky, and then I go, I'm sticky, and then I wash them. Also, for those of you who live in Amanda's apartment, uh, some <laughs> things are sticky, I'll tell you. Sounds fake. I wonder who else lives in, in Amanda's apartment, though. Hey, for all you listeners out there who live in Amanda's apartment, this Secretly. is for you. It's exclusive. All right, so I want to start this out because we're talking about Goat Party 2. What was it? The, the, the Revenge of Anderson Cooper? Yes. And uh, Space Party episodes one and two, Revenge of Foxtrot Squad and um, A New Hope of Foxtrot Squad. (laughs) Uh, I first want to talk about, hey, look at these other GMs. I'm so excited. Uh, I want to say first, Amanda, Julia, how did it feel doing recorded actual play? Amanda, for your first time in, I don't know, two, three years, Mm -hmm. definitely before the pandemic. And Julia, your first time ever here on the Jordan Party RSS feed. (laughs) Man and I just both pointed at each other being like, you go first. Let's start with Amanda. It was really fun to return to the land of the goats, but made me very nervous to (laughs) prep. Even though I'd done it once before, I looked at my Notion document, uh, not Spawn, but I use Notion for my prep, and realized that I had written an opening monologue for the first goat party and then just had a few bullet points of things you might encounter, one of which said Tilda Swinton, the other one said Rihanna, and uh, that was it. And so I was like, oh, oh shit, I really eric myself here and did not prep uh, and then looked back at my lack of prep and got retroactively terrified. So I I was uh, very nervous. I don't know how you do it, Eric, keeping all those balls in the air, trying to hit things that I think they would have hit. Um, and then you changed course and I had to change along with it. I had a lot of fun in the end. I did watch many episodes of The Mole and videos of Anderson Cooper and what's his face? 
Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen, drunk at New Year's Eve and did not get to put a lot of that preparation into the story. But I really appreciate everybody going with the flow and feel like you were really down to clown on New Year's Eve. Always am, baby. Always. Especially when New Year's Eve ends at 9.30. Fucking perfect. Yeah, New Year's Eve is terrible. I'm taking it all back. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, the, the barreling terror of, oh no, when do I, like, as I was saying the beginning, I was like, it's uh, 9 p.m., but I, I really wasn't sure what time it should be because I was like, oh no. I would planned for it to end with the ball dropping. Anyway, it was a ton of fun. I don't know how you do this every week, but it was uh, it was nice to step into those um, those generous sized shoes that are the same shoe size I wear. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, listeners may not know, but Eric does juggle uh, constantly while DMing. It's pretty impressive. Balls in the air the entire time. It's true. I do it with one hand and I'm typing with the other hand. <laughs> it's, it's tough. Uh, Gulio, how this how did this go for you? I think it was it was nerve wracking. I think I over prepared for sure. I wanted to make sure that you all had things to do and because the rules of uh, lasers and feelings are so loose I was like very concerned that you would do something and I wouldn't know how to respond to it so I think I might have like kept you guys a little bit too on the rails but at the same time I was I was very excited with how it turned out and you guys blew me away with your character choices which I think made the whole thing that much better. I don't think that's true, Julia. I feel like we knew the the shape of the game and we played in the shape of the game. Like, I don't think I didn't feel railroaded at all. Like, I feel like okay. when we when we veered off and uh, especially at the end. Um, <laughs> yes. You, you, <laughs> we'll talk about the end. You improved nicely. Thank you. Yeah. I also don't think there's any problem necessarily with railroading in a one shot or a two shot. Right. I also think that railroading is a dirty word that like people say because they say they want a sandbox and then they're like, this game sucks. There's no stakes. <laughs> Fuck you. Mm-hmm. So it's more like a ride at Universal Studios right. where you need the men in like the men in black ride. We have to shoot all the you have to shoot all the aliens yeah. or the Buzz Lightyear ride equivalent. At yeah. Would Disney. you say it's like the Jungle Cruise where the operator gets to improv while the visitors go on a track around the thing? No, that's a different thing where <laughs> the DM just monologues for 20 minutes while, while the players sit there and clap. I was it's worried that I was doing Brandon. that sometimes. But so. no, Eric, I really like that metaphor because much like a ride like that, like, yes, there is a path. There might be a track, but you can turn around. You can look up. You can look down. You can go sideways. And I totally felt, Julia, that we had options, even though, you know, like I, you heard my delight when we got to the last fork in the road and it was things that we had bypassed before. I was like, <laughs> like, yes, love it. Can't wait. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've, we've done this for live shows, too. When I yeah. have to run a one shot, I'm like, guys, don't fuck around. And then you guys <laughs> fuck around like 50%, so, which is fine. <laughs> so honestly, I, I don't think that there's necessarily even a problem if you did do that, which like, you know, it's it's not, I don't think it's a big deal. Okay. Got to finish in two hours. That's tough. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, let's keep talking about like what it's like to run one shots before we go into summaries here. On campaign asked, how do you create meaningful stakes in a one shot? Were there something that Julia and Amanda you guys kept in mind about like making sure we had fun and something to like chafe against? Especially, this is again touching on what Julia you said. I think running one pagers is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Like the person running the one pager which is just like a one page for one page RPG that has very simple mechanics like go party and lasers and feelings and the various iterations of lasers and feelings is like you don't have game mechanics to lean back on. Yeah. You just have to do plot. So how do you keep the stakes up? Yeah. One of the things that I faced during the episode, like 
Brandon, I think you rolled poorly on like trying to get away from one of the sculpture monsters or something. Yeah, I know. It was weird. I don't think so. But I wanted to injure you, but I'm like, well, there's no like hit points mechanics in lasers and feelings. What do I do? You know, like, and I was just like, oh, you, you rolled your ankle. And I guess you'll roll, you know, with one less dice, which didn't even happen because Amanda finished the fight very quickly after that. But I was like, I don't, I don't know how to solve this problem because there's so few rules in this game. Yeah. And for me, I think that Goat Crashers actually does a really good job of setting that up for you where you are given a motivation and it's, you know, to have a cheeky little goat time and cause chaos. And the structures of human society, the fact that you are goats busting into a human party, like that already is a tension that is pushing back against you where you don't want to be discovered. And if you are, you know, human beings will do what human beings do if they were to see a cheeky little goat in their party and, you know, like try to get them out of there. Um, Oh, yeah. Put in petting zoo. Yeah. Pet it, adopt it, yeah, feed it, grapes, exactly. So for me, setting it around an iconic New York event, I wanted to have a call back to the first goat party, which took place at, of course, the Met Gala, the biggest party I could think of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also had just watched Ocean's 8, and so I had, you know, everything on my brain. And for New Year's Rock and Eve, I, uh, I just thought it would be fun, chances for you to get on television, chances for you to, you know, go after a big, shiny, sparkly New Year's Eve ball, uh, a lot of foods around there. So I thought it would be fun. And I like really setting my my one shots in a physical location I know well. I have a lot of respect for Julia making up a whole world, moon, state possibly um, to set your one shot in. But for me, like when I was first preparing for Goat Party, knowing every inch of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, I knew that like if you said you wanted to run out into the hallway, I knew it was there. And so I would have to invent, you know, the characters or the obstacles or the stuff in the way but it was for me almost like a a skeleton or a scaffold on which I could hang my fiction it's like setting a party in your apartment like if some if you run out of napkins you know where the napkins are like you know it's mm. it's not a totally unfamiliar scene and so similarly I've unfortunately spent a lot of time in Times Square and so I knew that when you wanted to you know go to the next block you could like I knew it was there I and mean, it was also a bit of a sort of advancing much like Julia had the different challenges and the different gates I sort of saw it as you know you have five blocks to traverse before you get to the ball and that helped me a little bit in thinking about what you can encounter in each block confirmed Amanda lives in the Met we knew it we all knew it I lived, I lived near the Met for like six years and so I went there very often <laughs> it was funny while we were doing it and this is the problem of us all spending time in New York City is that like I think at one point we've had to pull up a map so that we could ha- accurately go to the ridiculous Times Square yeah. restaurants that exist and be like, no, we can't go to Bubba Gump. That's two blocks away. <laughs> the Red Lobster is south of 42nd Street and the Olive Garden is north. That's not even technically Times Square. That's the Flower District. Everyone knows that. <laughs> we were also like, well, that place was closed by 2016, yeah, so we exactly. can't go there. <laughs> I did look up who was performing at the New Year's Rock and Eve of 2016. Great job. I'm really sorry for both of you that we couldn't go to the Jekyll and Hyde Club. Rip. 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 Forever. It's really on a side street. It's not not Times Square proper. I also don't know that, just as a player, I don't know that I, I want, quote unquote, like meaningful, like emotionally meaningful stuff. Like one shots are just supposed to be like an hour or two of fun, you know? Just yeah. have fun with it. Yeah. If that, if that puts any less stress on you as a DM, you know? question asker yes Raltz asked us how our approach to playing tabletop RPGs for a shorter game like a one shot or a two shot versus a longer campaign do you just kind of come out swinging and wreak havoc yes yeah. yes the answer is yes because yeah. mm-hmm. there's no repercussions you just fuck around mm-hmm. put a tentacle on you just make wild character choices and you see what happens yeah all three of you put a tentacle on I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Julia 
Well, let's go into the actual games for us to talk about the ridiculous character choices that we did. Let's hit Goat Party because I know we're going to play. We have to spend like 40 minutes talking about Birth of Bones, so that's going to be yeah, over yeah, there. Yeah, we really sure, should. Sure. You know. sure. <laughs> so let's do, Goat, let's do Goat Party first. What was everyone's favorite part? I know I just said this before, but the joke about New Year's being at like 8.30 or 9.30 so was so funny. It <laughs> was so funny to me. Um, and then the goats singing Old Lang Zang that, to, that to cue part. all that. Oh, God. <laughs> Brandon, can you just cut that out and make that my ringtone? I can. <laughs> I did have to align it in a little bit in the session because we were <laughs> over Skype oh, or I over figured. Hangouts. And then also not all of us can sing in rhythm, apparently. <laughs> did, that, did that break your brain? Are you Okay. <laughs> yes, Brandon, you could say it right now. Lauren's not here. That, that <laughs> yeah, Lauren, classically the the best the singer, other, the only other person who has a degree in music. <laughs> yeah, I can't. This one's extra embarrassing yeah. that Lauren couldn't sing on beat. I can't believe that. Uh, yeah, what was a what was everyone else's favorite part? I mean, the ending was impeccable, truly incredible. Eric, all of your choices about feeling that every time something said never ending you thought it was connected to hell i was like oh okay sure <laughs> very good like do most commercial kitchens feel a little bit like a hell mouth of course they do it, yeah. it was so suitable yeah. it was the thing when you said that all the kitchens were connected where i'm like oh is there something there and i kept pursuing it i just wanted to run down that that thing just to, as an excuse to like move things along but I'm like no it's because mm -hmm. hell is there because no, <laughs> we're in hell because we're in Times Square on New Year's so we obviously need to be in hell the characters the different the different classes quote unquote that you get in Goat Party yeah. are also ridiculous so I was like what else are you supposed to do I mean Brand, like the entire <laughs> if the entirety of your character is I'm small like <laughs> what are you supposed to do like, if you're the whole thing supposed to be yeah cute. make jokes about being small and getting on top of stuff yeah, the image of Brandon's goat under a hat, so cute. Adorable. <laughs> Riding the hat like a small boat on a thing of uh, Margaritaville margaritas. Incredible. That was that, that was Eric. Someone else came up with that, but that was that I was still love genius. It. Was that usually? Oh no, remember. I don't remember. It might have been Lauren. I think it was Lauren because it was the blood red margarita. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, was, that was very good. I like the Jimmy Buffett was like, you know, instead of being in the back of an Italian restaurant, they were in the back of a margaritaville, and Jimmy Buffett <laughs> is being the conciliary. I think that's very funny. <laughs> I did have to play Jimmy Buffett, two mobsters, and you know, two separate sort of margarita machines that could create an explosion at any time. It was your choice to give them voices, and That's I don't true. know why That's you true. did that. And googly eyes? <laughs> that thought that was weird. But. <laughs> but no, it's it's a lot. It's it's hard to make two different characters without body language to be able to distinguish them. I, I give you a ton of credit every time I GM all you know two of them. I've or three of them. I've I've really come away um, with a greater respect of the balancing act that you yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what to say. You know, there was a part in mine, and I know we're talking about Go Party, but I agree with you, Amanda, because there was a part in the second half of Space Party where Brandon kept this in, where I was trying to, like, get words out while doing the yeah, yeah. Barb voice. And I was like, oh, it's really hard to do a voice and also think of what I'm trying to say at the same time. Oh, boy. Multitasking. Think of the words and then say them. Yeah. yeah. I kept I kept those in because they immediately lead to jokes and I can't cut the joke. I understand. Think, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the key is just doing voices that you think are really funny and yeah. good. And then you're more interested in doing the voice and you're like, ah, oh, they'll say some yeah. stuff. But I was like trying to do exposition in the barb voice that I hadn't written down. I was like, I d d it's it's this and uh 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 <laughs> 
Error, error, error. error. Give me a second. Error. <laughs> should I should have done that. Well, Brandon's nice and he cuts out all the times so that I say error really loud. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. For us players, how about the characters that we chose? Again, I said that like the classes really defined us as people, but like, ah, man, Go Party's really, really good. Thank you, Grant Howitt. You can just get it for free on Itch, and it's it's on Twitter, and it's been floating around social media. I do think that it's a it's his best one pager. I know lots of people feel away about uh, Honey Heist, but like, I, I mean, it's so straightforward. And the in the he tells you the the character you have to be for the different kinds of goats. Being the demonic goat is so much fun because it's just yeah. like I just want. Uh, a demon and that, that sounds great then yeah. that's really fun demon honestly Daddy. the best one you could roll <laughs> what did you what did you like about your characters i i really liked the name that i picked everyone was like oh i'm just gonna pick like a goat name i'm like i am whitney bleederton i'm making a reference <laughs> to bridgerton and i don't care <laughs> julia i will fully admit that uh, as i was editing i i slacked eric and amanda because i didn't want to f- uh, make you feel weird or no you like asked me it's all good well hold on <laughs> i asked first, them first, first asked i was us. like uh is this a reference i'm not getting and then none of all of us were like i don't fucking know man <laughs> Turns out I all of my you. names are references man <laughs> that's a very good point amanda was there anything that we missed that you were like really excited for us to do i had a lot of thoughts around like convincing the tv producer kind of like you know weekend at bernie's anderson cooper <laughs> uh-huh. um and having to kind of like convince him and like talk him through a career crisis and like <laughs> get him to a point of sobriety enough to do the new year's rock and eve i also had some mechanics about alcohol and <laughs> in, in re goats um <laughs> so having kind of we we took more time getting to the sort of ball than i expected we would but i do think it turned out really well i had not prepped anything for that party uh that we almost took the elevator up to so I was like, oh, God, hope that didn't, <laughs> hope that doesn't happen. And again, had not thought about Margaritaville or placed it there whatsoever. The way I structured my notes were like people you can interact with, you know, objects that might draw your attention, uh, things that might provide interference for you. And then just like tasty morsels, both food and otherwise that, you know, might be little incentives to draw you out. And then from there, you know, I didn't have a preconceived notion as to how it would go. Nice. Did you have the Levi's store in your notes? Mm-hmm. I did not. <laughs> it was like, oh, the, everyone, obviously, it's 2016. We all need to get jean jackets because 2016 is going to be the best year of our lives. Mm-hmm. So it's the only funny. store I regularly went to in Times Square because there wasn't one closer to me. Fair <laughs> enough. That was the closest one. That's I respect so that. I do have a question here that's written in my notes. Uh, Amanda, pick your favorite goat and why is it buckwheat? And that was written by, hold on, let me. Let yeah, me who asked that question? Was there a genius? Oh, it's from Brandon. Oh. Brandon. Oh, oh. Another Brandon? Someone else? Know it, was Brandon? A different, it must have been a different Brandon. It's Brandon Gregel. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a cereal for some reason. Gregels. Gregles. My favorite goat uh, was any goat played by Lauren Shippen. Yeah, doesn't she fit yeah. in so well and brought so much sweetness and levity and creativity uh, to our one shot. So fancy, yep. so good. Uh, so, which ending did you all listen to on <laughs> Goat Party Two? Uh, I listened to the one where Buckwheat was the murderer. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's the twist. Buckwheat was the murderer in all three of them, Eric. Oh, oh, I only listened to one. Did you guys? Did you guys catch the after show hosted by Andy Cohen on YouTube? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. No, it's because because uh, a goat stabbed Andy Cohen. So <laughs> I didn't know Lauren knew so many Real Housewives. That's uh, what was very impressive. impressive. Yeah, it's really very impressive. impressive. I would I would pay any amount of money to see if Lauren knows any of the housewives. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna guess no. <laughs> 
maybe one. I'm gonna say one. <laughs> Unless they're on Tumblr, I don't know. Mm. There is a housewives queer culture overlap, so I am I, I put money on at least one. All right, I'm a texter, okay. and by the end of this episode, we'll know. Okay, excellent. Sure, I bet she knows Big Ange. I'm going to go with that. Is Big Ange a real person? Big Ange, yeah, yeah, she was in uh, New Jersey. Real uh, Housewives of New Jersey. I think either Lisa Vanderpump or Nene, probably. That's that's fair. I always forget that Lisa Vanderpump was on, started as a housewife, but of course she does. It's yes. the, the doctor was a mother answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, of course, honestly, we should release, Jinda Snapped, but also various other peoples, want us to release a goat cover of of Auld Lang Syne. So Good. we should just do that. What I love about it is that I still don't need to know the words of all like yeah. If you're banging it, you can't, you don't need to. It's perfect. Okay, let's go to space party. It's time to talk about space. Space. Uh, space, pause. baby. Uh, Lauren does not know any of the names of the Real Housewives. Okay. Damn. Excellent. Damn. Okay. All right, well. I'm going to need proof of that text that says, hey, Lauren, can you just say that you don't know any housewives? <laughs> All right, let's talk about space. Eric, before we get into the details of Space Party and choices I may have made that may have upstaged the rest of my compatriots, and I really apologize, um, how do you approach character creation for one-shots? It must be so different to NPC creation, and at least you know all Brandon, Julia, and myself make characters all the time that we play when we make PCs, but how did you approach this? How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I do find that being a player being very different from being a DM. I mean, like, I, I never, I never am a player. Even in the home games that I've done, I've DM'd, and I've said that this it makes me feel the most like an athlete that I ever do is that, like, I'm putting up reps in the gym that no one sees. Mm-hmm. So, like, when, when I want to play a character, I think I just want to more play a character as an archetype that slots into the way everyone else is players uh, or everyone else's characters or it's like I'm going to do this and this is how I'm going to relate to everyone else I kind of I always want to give my character a game as well like a thing I can lean on uh, to make jokes in whatever situation it is does that sound familiar Brandon Hmm. (laughs) seems fake so for Kirkwood Gaps, a.k.a. Chef, I definitely wanted to be a f- like kind of a flat straight man, but also be in a relationship with the ship's AI. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he, and he also he also is in a relationship and, and hooks up with the ship. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. It's very Becky Chambers. I love it. Yeah. Yes. I think all of us took inspirations from Becky, from Becky Chambers, or at least I know Julie and I did explicitly. I told Julie explicitly I was going to rip it from... Uh, a long, strange journey to a angry, small, long way angry to a planet. small, angry planet. Yeah, well, it's exactly what I said. Yeah. With all the, any of those ad chefs. If you Google some version of that, it'll come up. Don't worry. Someone pointed out to me that I use the name of one character, like the relationship of a different character, yep. and then the personality of a third character. I'm like, yeah, it's a great book, guys. Yeah, it's a good you book. I'll go read it. So I did. I definitely did that explicitly. Let's start with Julia about where how you felt running a space campaign, and then we'll talk about the other the other characters and get into it. Uh, I felt really good about it. I knew I wanted to do space. The way that I kind of approached creating like the plot and the the like world was, I was like, well, I've always wanted to do a reverse Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Ah, and Jones, I was Indiana, like, the classic. <laughs> Jones, Indiana. Uh, it's called a Connecticut Smith, Brandon. It's like you don't read any <laughs> of my blog posts. <laughs> Which a reverse Indiana Jones is basically like, oh, we're taking things out of museums and returning them to their rightful owners. Is that when you throw your hat in in somewhere before a door closes? Yes, <laughs> precisely. You're like, I don't want this hat. Throw it under the sliding door. It's your it's your problem now. I don't want it. 
So I kind of worked backwards from there. I was like, okay, well, if we're doing space, there should be a group that like enforces an international law that says, hey, you can reclaim your cultural artifacts at any time. Who would be in charge of that? Well, it would probably be like a group of like hired adventurers, basically. What would a hired adventurers look like in space? And I'm like, oh, the Federation of Freelancers. <laughs> Got it. Mm -hmm. So funny. And then from there, kind of building out like Madame Claudel. The FF, I just realized. We're the FF. <laughs> yeah, you're the FF. Uh, the kind of building out Madame Claudel's exomoon and stuff. I drew inspiration from like, all right, what's weird shit that rich people have like in their houses? And I was thinking of like the cocaine hippos in uh, yeah. Colombia and stuff like that. Yeah. And I drew inspiration from that. And I also drew inspiration from the uh, House on the Rock, which if anyone knows what the House on the Rock is, it is a like tourist attraction in middle of America that is just like a fucking weird house. Mm -hmm. I don't know what this is. Like Winchester weird or? Yeah, the Winchester yeah. house is the one in California. The House on the Rock is like basically like a museum of strange collections. Oh. I heard of it for the first time because it is mentioned in the Neil Gaiman novel, American Gods. Oh. Uh, it is a tourist attraction located between Dodgeville and Spring Green, Wisconsin. Uh, it is a complex of architecturally distinct rooms, streets, gardens, and shops designed by Alex Jordan Jr. And then some of the rooms include the streets of yesterday, which is a recreation of early 20th century American town, the heritage of the sea, which features nautical exhibits and a 200 foot model of a fanciful whale-like sea creature, the music of yesterday, which is a huge collection of automatic music machines and what the management bills as the world's largest indoor carousel which has 269 carousel animals it contains no horses which was what the reference to the <laughs> menagerie carousel was it's like you guys can't find a horse i was wondering where you pulled that from like it's very uncanny but i was like what what is that what is your what are you reaching for yeah hey julia i hate this house good that's so I love big it. how big i haven't is the been carousel? there but i love it it must be like 800 feet wide or something. Yeah. 269 is the worst number. <laughs> Truly. Why is it odd? Why is it odd? I, I, just, I just don't like that. Eric, oh, if, you, if you place the golden ratio on top of the number 269, <laughs> no. it actually all maps out. Leave me, leave me alone. So yeah, I wanted to give you guys like a place to go through. The maze was an idea of like keeping you guys on track, but also letting you make decisions on what challenges you faced. And then um, Madame Claudel was just off the rails. <laughs> of course. You got to give an old lady a spider body. I you got to. So that good. felt like Futurama to me. I don't know if that's what you were pulling from, but. I was picturing the, <laughs> I was picturing a very distinct scene, which is like the older woman in Anastasia who like drops her gown and she's like, it's me, grandmother. I'm Anastasia. When they're like auditioning people <laughs> to play her. <laughs> I love that. That's incredible. Let's we're going to get more into Julia's brain, the, Julia's big space brain. Uh, and before we talk about uh, before we talk about Dr. Bertha Bones, Brandon, let's talk about Jetburn. So is this just like, were you playing a character? Who was <laughs> is this your was this id? You? Yeah. Who, who you was know me, this? classic playboy Brandon Grugel. <laughs> <laughs> classic space playboy Brandon James Grugel. Uh, I, I mean, I... I just saw Amanda say pistons into the mic. I didn't hear it, I but I saw it happen. It. I heard it. <laughs> Incredible. 
Uh, I think I, I think I came up with the y'all came up with your characters first, so I just chose one that slotted well in those in from the um, one pager, and then I think I, I for some reason Rose Byrne came up the actor, um, and so I was sure. like, oh, oh, and then I came up with the name that way. And then it kind of just morphed into Kirk. I didn't really want to play Kirk, but it was just Kirk. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Real it was Kirk very sex-positive Kirk. Yeah. I And then I had a fun time with Eric trying to think I was a horrible human being and correcting him every time he tried to say that. Excellent. I love that. Like, in recorded stuff, or was it or just us talking? <laughs> no, I'm I'm a horrible person in, in real life, so on the podcast. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. great. I, no, I think that... Sex, sex positive Kirk is a very funny character choice, and like, I don't know, it, it, it's Kirk in himself and William Shatner. The William Shatner impression, I feel like, overcomes all of that. So doing explicitly Captain Kirk and then taking that in a different direction, I think it's very funny, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. Thank you. I really enjoyed Eric. You being the person like saying the joke quietly in a in a way that is dry and like pointing out the absurdity <laughs> of Brandon's and my character's you know situation. And we would keep going because we see no problem with what we're doing. But <laughs> that was just a really fun interplay for me. I don't know what you're supposed to do when you have the best character in Joy the Party history and sex positive Captain Kirk. <laughs> what what I'm gonna try to make jokes loudly? What what am I supposed to do? I'm just saying you you were a perfect condiment on that sandwich, and I, <laughs> I just wanted to call that out. You were the base mayo layer. You're stone ground mustard, just the right amount. <laughs> I'm the lettuce that gives you the crunch, a hundred percent. Essential. Uh, Without it, you'd really miss it. All right, Amanda, can you say one Pistons as a tease for after the mid-roll where we start talking about Dr. Bertha Bones? Pistons. There it is. We're going to go get some snacks. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, it's Amanda. My mid-rolls have really just turned into plant update corner, and you know what? I'm fine with that because I recently attempted to grow a medjool date palm. You know how you can save an avocado pit and like sprout it in water and grow an avocado tree? If you didn't know that, you can do that. It's awesome. It's so much fun. I tried doing that with date pits and guys, they are growing. They grew little roots and then I put them in soil and now they're growing little shoots. And soon in like four to eight years, I might have a palm tree that can produce actual dates. When I told my grandma about it, she was like, you know what, Amanda, you can do that with olives too. And I was like, what? So today's mid-roll is brought to you by Pits. Don't throw them out. Sprout them. First and foremost, thank you to those of you who honored our Pistons honor system and became new patrons. Rachel, Tanya, Lee, Derek, and Dylan, thank you so much for joining. And if you out there would like to join the patron discord, aka the purest and kindest place on the internet, join us for just $5 a month at patreon.com slash join the party pod. Or if you're not in a place right now to support us financially, you know what? You can text somebody to listen to the show. That is just as helpful and goes a long way in growing the join the party family. As we say at the end of this week's after party, our campaign, our Monster of the Week summer camp campaign begins next week. It's a perfect time for new people to join. So text them the link to jointhepartypod.com. What's that smell in the air? Ooh, okay. I smell sunscreen because I I sunscreen a lot over the summer. That's true. Uh, Oh, it's hot sidewalk trash. That one wasn't a good smell. Um, But also, (gasps) it's multitude survey summer. 
Oh my God, it's fully my favorite time of the year. This is our fourth annual summer survey. And baby, I am so excited. This is, of course, your chance to give us, the Multitude team and hosts, feedback on what you think of our shows and what you want to see us do next. There are options for you to suggest new merchandise, tell us what cities we should do live shows in, name your favorite small business as a potential sponsor. It's all at multitude.productions slash survey. And the link will also be in the description of this episode. We got about 1,200 responses last year, which is incredible, and we want to beat it this time around. Enjoy the photos we embed in there, the emojis. Every question has an emoji. I'm very proud of that. And all of the fun-filled questions galore at multitude.productions survey. We are sponsored exclusively this week by Hero Forge. Now, I didn't predict this, but this has ended up being the perfect week to have a Hero Forge extended sponsorship. And do you want to know why? It's because Hero Forge offers fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. Now, who can you think of that would really enjoy a service that allows you to, without blood, gore, smells, or wavers, combine parts and really just like build a fantasy creature that no one's ever made before right on your computer? That's right. Dr. Bertha Bones. Now, when you search for the word tentacle in Hero Forge, I do have to admit to you, nothing comes up. And that is something I will be talking to them about. But there are many, many options for choosing body parts and then adding on all kinds of extras that would make Dr. Bones proud. There are, of course, you know, your expected uh, animal fusions. Okay, there are centaurs, there are merfolk. But don't you want to get more creative than that? And when Hero Forge means they have dozens of species and thousands of parts to choose from, they truly mean it. We have a serpent folk, okay, who have a human top and a big old snake bottom. We have a frog folk, an elephant folk, which prints in an XL. The miniature says XL, so I don't know how big it is, but it's quite big, which uh, have frog or elephant heads and human torsos. There are robots, of course. There are zombies. There are, like, fantasy uh, creatures of all kinds. We have skeletons, all bones, baby, raven folk, lizard people, turtle people. Hero Forge does not disappoint. And if you want to dress your mini like a plague doctor or give them just a bone to hold, you can do that because their easy to use design tool lets you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D in-depth character creator right there in your web browser. These custom minis come in a variety of materials that you can choose from, including newly color printed options. For those like me who cannot fathom painting miniatures, I truly respect all of you who do it. This is a game changer. They also, of course, have downloadable model files. So if you have a 3D printer at home, you can just print that design right in your garage or your den or whatever. So design your unique miniature and get it printed in full color, no painting necessary, folks, with Hero Forge custom color minis. Visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often because new content is added every dang week. Hopefully one day soon, that includes tentacles. And now back to the after party. Oh, Eric, can you make me some guac? Oh, I'm already back. We're back from the, oh, the mid-roll. I missed it. Oh, next time, next This time. is my sorry. first time sorry. doing it. I'm sorry. I didn't know I was God supposed to actually it, get snacks. Amanda would just, made, just made a joke about it the whole time. Did she actually get you snacks? Yeah. I door dashed them, yeah. Oh, you didn't. God, I'm, I'm fucking this up. We're starting the whole thing <laughs> no, over honey, again. You're doing great. You're doing Julia, great. throw it out. No. Julia, throw it. Piss. Fuck. Fuck. Piss. Shit. Error, 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 error. 
All right, it's about time. It's Dr. Bertha Bones Corner. Amanda, where the fuck did what, this come what from? What happened, Amanda? <laughs> what happened to you? Porkchop Poppy wants to ask specifically, where the heck did Amanda get the idea for this bonkers character in Space Party? Well, I think Lena is actually the one who put it together, which is Dr. Bertha Bones was exposure therapy for me hating animal hybrids. That's true. <laughs> It is true. perhaps the longest running gag on spirits. It is something that has come up time and time again in every podcast I am on. And I find it highly disturbing when there are unexpected combinations of animals and humans uh, beyond the expected centaur. And I thought, one, I want to base this character on my favorite character to read about in the Star Trek universe, which is Dr. Leonard McCoy, a.k.a. Bones, uh, specifically as portrayed by Carl Urban, because I got into Star Trek fandom via the 2009 movie um, by J.J. Abrams uh, featuring Lens Flares. Um, <laughs> oh, that's why it's not actually like Bones, because it's the Carl oh, yes. Urban one. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I that is that is 100% the basis for my understanding of the Star Trek universe. As Julia knows, when we went to Star Trek trivia and I got uh, one question right out of sheer luck. Yep. Um, so I thought it would be very funny um, to play a Dr. Bones and focus on some kind of cryptozoology angle. Apart from that, all I got to tell you is the the spirit overtook me. <laughs> and um, my version of, you know, Carl Urban New Zealanders, Georgia accent came out as whatever this is. And I got to say, I'm I'm enjoying my my sharp left into just absurdity. My favorite part, too, besides everything that Dr. Bertha Bones did in this in both of those episodes was that I had picked out a voice for Madame Claudel. I was like, <laughs> this is like one of three NPCs that I'm going to do in this episode. And I was like, immediately, Amanda was like, now I'm not a Southern lawyer. I'm like, oh, God, we're both doing accent. We're doing the same accent again. Why does this keep happening? But it worked out perfectly for us. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a, a D&D theory or a, a tabletop RPG theory where if you don't have an accent for a thing, it just comes out Southern. Like, Southern is the default accent. Yeah. Uh, I was DMing a home game, and I didn't realize, uh, like, at the end of it, my one of my players was like, you realize that all your voices were just small Southern or large Southern. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> small oh, Southern shit. or large Southern. <laughs> is that when you get, like, a chicken biscuit from Bojangles, or you get four chicken biscuits from Bojangles? That's the that's mm-hmm. the ranking, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a small, a small Southern and a large Southern. It is. I... I... Dr. Bertha Bones, incredible. Like, truly, I, I just was blown away every time you spoke, and that was f- fantastic and fun for me as a GM. Like, I didn't want to move you guys along in the story arc because you just <laughs> were vibing so hard. Listen, it's not that interesting for me to say that just something overtook me, and this is what came out. That is the real answer. It's kind of like, and I don't mean this in the, like, romantic, like, sexualized way that movies do it, but, like, it's kind of like where the librarian with the spun up bit bun hair and then suddenly like she pulls <laughs> out the loose. pencil and her hair comes down and the glasses come off and it's like oh it's dr bertha bones yeah that's it that's it <laughs> yes i put on a wig and uh and yelled tentacle and then it all came out <laughs> amanda you also i not just you but the entire party like immediately changed the ending that i had for this by oh, really? creating the concept of new mexico just going that missing. was so funny that was that was inspired, Eric. Thank you. You guys kept talking about it, and I changed my notes at the end to include the fact that she had like a turquoise necklace. So good to Incredible. kind of tease that out, which I was, was like, hilarious oh, no. because 
I'm, unless I'm wrong, I think Eric made the New Mexico joke yes. first. Yes, yes. yes. And yeah. then at the end, Eric got tricked by the fact that you added New Mexico onto the <laughs> necklace at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was delicious, delicious irony. It was very, very I, good. Listen, I didn't think, it, I don't think anyone listens to me when I say these things <laughs> when we're playing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just okay. like, whatever, I guess. Well, it's like, I mean, that's the, the joy of doing a tabletop RPG instead of a book is that like if someone has an idea you can just like fold it into your notes and then that's what it is now you know what I mean mm-hmm. is like there is there is a malleability to playing a game that is improvisational that like you can seed foreshadowing which is just one of your players making a joke like I foreshadowed myself yeah. and I didn't even know I was doing it yeah. because how am I supposed to know if you're going to pick it up or not you yeah. know what I mean that's a great point which is really, which is just super fun. But I did. foreshadowed your dang self. I have, I have two particular quotes that I want to touch on. What was the, ju- where did pistons come from? <laughs> I forget. Well, so we, Amanda, Amanda suggested like if something happened to Jet, yeah, what could we replace his bones with? And you asked Amanda, you're like, name three things you can replace the bones with, and the first oh, one was right. pistons. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary. They're just like joints, but for cars. <laughs> God, I, I just like, it's so funny seeing these things out of context, but I just wanted the context for Pistons again because I couldn't remember it. And the other one, which Finn pointed out, was uh, Dr. Bertha Bones and Jet each saying, exploring each other's bodies. <laughs> but in different ways. <laughs> but in different ways. And like, that was just so, that was just so funny that you two had that simpatico thing of like, yeah, we explore bodies. <laughs> Bonology. The only body that Chef explores is the the body of Barb. That's true. Uh, Finn wanted to know how does how does Chef feel about this? It's like I don't. Yeah, I don't touch bodies. I'm fine. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> My love's all in the mind, baby. That's why you yeah. have those cybernetic fingers. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Just on the thing from a dark, twisted uh, fantasy to a long, angry planet. See, I made an intentional <laughs> matchup that time. Eric looks like a drag race runway. <laughs> Kanye West and Becky Chambers smash. Yeah. Um, I think it was really moving. And like Becky Chambers really fucking hits it hard, making you feel emotions about these space people, you know? But I'm like, Becky Chambers, I'm going to take your really emotional character and I'm going to make a stupid fucking joke about it. I'm like, I'm just a guy who has some cybernetics that I used to touch my wife, who is a computer, which is so, thank you so much for for allowing me a, a very emotional thing to kind of like, to kind of pivot on. I can't wait for the, you know, in Endgame where all the Avengers go to Clint's house and it's like, oh, you have a family and children and all this shit? When we go to Space Jet's house and I have like 47 children and 16 wives and you all get we to We already meet know them. that that's true. No, yeah. I know, but you all get to meet them. It's going to be fun. It's gonna be There's great. also like multi-generational and, uh, and poly families in the Becky Chambers universe. So we're truly just, we're just playing in Becky space. I love it. That'll be the holiday special, Brandon, yeah. where we go to spend time in Jet Burns' uh, holiday accretion day. I also just want to make Julia do 47 children voices. <laughs> sure. Why not? Julia, welcome. This is where Brandon makes you do things so that he can listen to him and clap like a baby king. <laughs> more voices, please. More voices. Oh, I've been found out. Oh, no. Oh, no. There is nothing funny. And again, 
Brandon just did the same thing I did, where he took the emotional thing, which is like creating an alien species that has like a different understanding of what relationships are and how families interact. But it's just like, yeah, here's Kirk and his 46 wives, husbands, partners. It's very, it's very funny to me. Let, it let me make clinch. tax jokes. So I was, I was down yeah. for that. Brandon, you truly did not miss an opportunity to make a really well-placed joke. And every time I was surprised just because <laughs> it was so anathema to, to what you usually are like in play. At some point when I, I get tired, I sort of zone out until I, it's like a spidey sense where I'm like, oh, wait, there could be a joke here. <laughs> <laughs> I can insert a joke. Go. <laughs> but I think that's why one shots are so fun. Like, I, you know, I've chosen my, my PCs for our longer campaigns about, you know, like deep shit I was working through in my life and, you know, voices that I felt like I could do that were just basically my own shifted down or up, you know, half a register and, you know, families that were like my own in different ways and just going buck wild and committing to a choice and committing to a bit is something that I'm sure DMs do and GMs, you know, build up that muscle. People who have been in more campaigns than me, people whose campaigns are perhaps not, you know, recorded and edited and posted for content, but it was incredibly fun. And I hope I can bring some, you know, I was feeling a little bit of like multi-tool energy, uh, inspiring and preceding Dr. Bertha Bones. So I don't know what uh, what happens from here, but I'm I'm worried I've peaked. That's the thing that I'm just going to have to carry and live with. But I'll just I'll keep you guys posted. Well, I, I hope this is not the last time we see Dr. Bertha Bones. So. Me neither. I want to see the home game in which a player is playing a character a la Dr. Bertha Bones and the GM over a course of like 20 sessions tries to find an emotional core to this character. <laughs> <laughs> It's like no, she I, is there a trauma. I like the idea of like someone like J.J. Abrams, like going <laughs> through the the jungle, being like, "Is there a trauma here that we can figure <laughs> out? What is this?" It's like no, it's just tentacles all the way down. I love tentacles. All right, let's we're gonna rapid fire finish out the Birth of Bone section here. Uh, Hakuna Patatas wanted to know: Is Doctor Birth of Bones related to the Bone Witch? Uh, that was covered in our Twitch stream, so I'm just going to have to refer you to twitch.tv uh, slash JTP side quests, where we explored the backstory of Dr. Birth of Bones. When, would, when could people watch that? Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, or later in the VOD. Oh, every week? Every, every week? Whoa! That's Hey, wait, do we play games on that when we're streaming? Sure yeah. do. Mm-hmm. No, we don't play. <laughs> we don't play, we play games. A game we called set side you quests. up. We, we play in the space and give you little presents that you can take into your own home. We game. play WoW. We play Lake of Legends. <laughs> we, yeah, we do, we do MOBAs. We're really into MOBAs now. I like that you set us up to be like, no. We're like, yeah, we do. <laughs> we're too yes Andy. <laughs> yeah. Anything's a game when you're chatting with your friends. We come up with side quests that you can put in your own game that we just kind of generate through our general uh, engine of creation, which yeah. I think is really fun and good to do. Me too. Uh, so yeah, you should definitely watch our stream to figure that out. Uh, here's another one. Moss, who's driving a giant lobster, wants to know, <laughs> one of the best parts of Space Party is that I have no idea if the Southern, question mark, accents Amanda and Julia are doing are accurate, but I love them. And Tattooed and Tall asks, can we get a one shot where all the characters just speak in Southern accents the whole game? I think everyone but Brandon should do that. <laughs> There's no accurate accents in space. It's all just bullshit, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Everything changed. I'm gonna. Um, I'm from space south, and it's Irish. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we could do a western okay. one where uh, the world is different because everyone's not racist and terrible. Ah, that's that's always an option. Brandon, the world building is is truly the equivalent of like bringing a car to the mechanic, and then they go, "Yeah, that's total. We're just gonna have to take it down <laughs> to scraps and sell it off for parts." That's what that would be like. <laughs> I know. Weird. I want to do Weird West so bad because I love 
I love that yeah. genre, but like there's just no yeah, there's no way. It's to it's yeah, it's racist and imperialist all the way down. Yeah. But I have found myself slipping into Dr. Bertha Bone's accent from time to time in my daily life when I get enthusiastic about something. So, yeah. uh, you know, this this is here to stay in some form. I do just imagine <laughs> you whispering in Dr. Bertha Bone's accent to your plants as you water them and miss them. Entirely possible. A lot of Live our- watch! <laughs> I'm going to replace you with pistons. <laughs> I hope that you have a little tentacle and it's just going to wiggle around and I'm going to give you enough water for it. A leaf shoot is just a damn tentacle! <laughs> <laughs> We don't have to go over the ending because it's so wild and we just figured it out. <laughs> but like, <laughs> Julia, the pun at the end was absolutely wild. I, Eric's I fury. Oh, so good. I have to, listen, the, I want to share my fury and have it recorded on the podcast. And uh, Julia, that was a terrible pun and I hate you. Thank you. So actually, Drumpot is a character that I had created before this one shot for like a pilot of like an animated TV show that I wanted to, oh, to cool. write. And so Drumbot is a uh, like a leftover remnant of that. And I was like, oh, I just love Drumbot so much. So I want to <laughs> it put was him a in perfectly here. delivered reveal and pun. Yeah. I love you, Drumbot. Yeah. The Republic of Concerta Kappa. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that works. Oh, wait. I, I, I remember my favorite thing. It's when okay. Julia was like, Oh, what were you listing? You were listing. Oh, I was listing the artifacts that were in her in her collection. Yeah. Yeah, you were like weird bullshit, weird bullshit, weird shit bullshit. Random noise. <laughs> <laughs> it was ah, six. Yeah. yeah. That was so funny. Thank you. Uh, we do have a New Mexico listener who wants to give us some props for including New Mexico. Vidalia Rose says, y'all, it's so weird and fun to hear my usually ignored home state be mentioned and joked about. Also, it's true. Everything here is turquoise, even me. If you live in New Mexico for more than a year, you turn pure turquoise. That's how we can tell who the noobs are. And the tourists. <laughs> There you go. Thank you for not mentioning the regionality of my accent, Vidalia Rose. You're a real one. <laughs> uh, Julia, I would love to know about some of the challenges that we didn't end up picking. Sure. Uh, there was really only one. So I, I wanted to make sure you hit at least three of them, which is why I built in that like, oh, I'm still putting on my face. Don't come by yet. Um, <laughs> and, and like I also I as a player feel a lot of FOMO sometimes when I'm made to choose between things. So the only one that you guys missed was the carport, which I did. I build it specifically for Eric. Yes, I did. Um, it oh, was piss. basically a um, Mario Kart race that you guys would have had to compete in, and you would have had to like lap the other contestants three times in order to get a exit back into the hedge maze or straight to the house. I love it. Julia, you made the body horror too good I'm that sorry. I needed to follow the body horror. All right. Well, Eric's uh, Eric's next birthday is in about uh, 48 weeks. So <laughs> just hold on to that. Yeah. Well, do you want me to read you the description for it? I actually have it. Yeah. Were there Please. like shells and, and items and stuff? I didn't have shells and items. I was going to probably do it on the fly. Yeah. So I had, you follow the hedge maze and after some winding through, which again, it's a really bad hedge maze because you didn't see any turnoffs or other options. It deposits you <laughs> out on a open field that resembles a racetrack. If you've ever been to Walt Disney World, it resembles the Tomorrowland Speedway. So it's a lot of very small vehicles. Mm. Uh, you recognize quite a few of these miniature models of vehicles. There's a Blastion Surge, a Galactic Umbra, a Solar vortex and anyone would recognize the venusian epiphany with those prismatic wings they are racing around the course but there are a few options that are pulled up into the pit stop over the entrance of the pit stop you see a sign that is pointing to the other side of the track that says main house and then i gave you guys the opportunity to either like 
pick a car that I had listed or make up a car name, which opens up the, the world for jokes a little bit. And then there's a little hologram that... Um, it's like a little droid with very expressive panels that are substituting his eyebrows. And he's like, I'm Speedy, your friendly carport protocol droid. Uh, and then you had to basically best the top score and w- win an invitation to dine with the madam at her- at the main house. Oh, that is cool. That's and then yeah. how it was going to work was basically you have one action per round to try to give yourself something of an edge. If at least one of you manages to succeed each lap, you open a more direct path to the main house. Tight. Dang. Dang me and my need to look at animals on top of other animals. That's all right. I do love the Menagerie Carousel, and I'm very glad we got there. Hey, Julia, you might be the only person in my life that knows this. Has the Speedway or whatever in Tomorrowland gotten progressively more railroaded and slower as I've gotten older? Or have I gotten older? (laughs) No, I think it's both. I think they slowed it down a little bit, and they really put it on tracks now instead of the, like, the... I guess you could kind of zoom in and out before. No. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Julia, when you're editing this, can you take out the 90 minutes of Disney talk? That we <laughs> yes, absolutely. Had? Sorry about that. I, I, I will limit it to just the question and not Brandon and I reminiscing for 90 minutes about uh, the Tomorrowland Speedway. Okay. If I sound different, it's because this is five days later. That so makes that's, sense. That if you can like mix, figure that out. And, I'm and that together. Now, five days later. <laughs> that makes sense. You do such a good Eric impression. Hey, you hydrate in the sun like a raisin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did five days of manual labor. Now I sound like this. <laughs> well, actually, as a little, uh, we talked earlier about how fun it would be to make Julia play 47 Kids. Um, but I will say just a little uh, little cheeky preview as to what's coming next. Um, we have we have evidence that Eric plays a very entertaining child <laughs> NPC true. In, uh, true. in some upcoming content. And I cannot wait for you all to hear it. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, we are going to get there. I want to rip through some of these remaining questions for, for the folks who for the folks who listened. Uh, just some quick ones. Michelle Spurgeon also asked me what it was like being a player in D- RDM, and I think Brandon, you would put in this. You asked me, "Do I meta game more because you're thinking about the inner workings of how games how games work?" Mm-hmm. Meta gaming to me is a bad word that you use it and be like, "Oh no, this is a fire troll. Just use ice spells and it's fine, right?" But I guess I do in that I definitely do something that like I is like if I was in this situation, I want to do a thing that's either a joke or helps the thing move forward. Mm-hmm. In Goat Party, I was like I'm going to do the devil shit and I'm going to use that as an excuse to move forward and to try to get closer to Anderson Cooper. And I think with the other one, I definitely made space for Jet and for Dr. Bertha Bones to, like, do their thing while playing the straight man and kind of, like, hanging back. And I think that having the AI with us at all times certainly was helpful to Julia. So, like, I don't know. It's, I, I'm just trying to be trying to be helpful and have fun. Yeah. That just sounds yeah. like being a conscientious collaborator. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely, there's, like, a different feel when I play with longtime DMs. And I think it's, yeah, because of what you're trying to say, they're trying to, like, be helpful whereas like mm-hmm. longtime players you know <laughs> because we're selfish sons of bitches like we, <laughs> we don't think about the dm very much at all <laughs> so yeah it's just interesting dichotomy there I, listen i'm not saying that i'm awesome and perfect just because i'm doing it but like that is definitely what i'm thinking I didn't about say and i hope awesome that perfect i would never say that Eric. <laughs> no you know why would you say that brandon um <laughs> but i hope that it was helpful for julia and for for amanda while we were doing it sure was yeah, yeah. And I'm glad, honestly, Eric, you gave me an ability to comment on the things that were happening in character by giving me Barb to, like, interact with the party with. So thank you for that. 
No, I appreciate I appreciate it. Barb was also the funniest. I also the fact that I called her barbecue, I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> barbecue ribs. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. All right, so we're gonna, we have podcasting questions here. Great. Uh, Amanda McLaughlin on our Discord wants to know what a goat plus space party would look like, and does and then Moss wants to know if a goat party and space party play out in the same universe. Certainly <laughs> they do. Yeah, Certainly that that 2016 New Year's changed the course of history, and that is how we ended up with the Federation of Freelancers. Mm-hmm. Yes, and New Mexico gone because of the goats u.s history yeah just like totally off uh off on a logical extension of the you know entire arc of the thing but yeah <laughs> there there has to be some sort of catastrophic thing that happened because new year started two and a half hours early. i was just thinking yeah maybe there's like some kind of space time continuum or there was like another war with england because greenwich <laughs> meantime thought that we were like declaring independence from it mm. um that's that's my kind of first thought but mm. i'll i'll leave it to the folks at home to to really Nailed down. I did just think I, about all of our goats in uh, spacesuits with the helmets and little, then buck- little tiny animal. helmets. Oh yeah, but then buckwheat in just the the helmet, just the helmet, <laughs> <laughs> like a little fishbowl. Yeah. I love it. That's very good. Punk Academia said, "I love the Eps. Do one shots require more editing due to players getting so enthusiastic slash hyper?" Oh, good question. No, they don't. They okay, require, they require less editing, generally speaking. Well, like the same amount of editing in terms of like removing mistakes and stumbles and ums and stuff but sure I, I would say it's pretty much like at this point the main episodes and this episode are pretty much the same in terms of editing style just because we've gotten tighter and, and looser at the same time in the main episodes but mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i don't have to like move stuff around like there's no sound design and stuff in these episodes so it's a little bit easier for me yeah Wonderful. Jail Mo wants to know, was Space Party recorded all in one day or did he break it up on purpose? Yes, we recorded all together. I did purposefully build in in my notes a break time because I'm like, I think this is going to be a two shot. And I said, after I said the thing, I was like, Brandon, I think that's where we should cut it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was very grateful for that editing bread and was. Yeah. I don't, a lot of other shows record like three episodes in one time. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, are you guys okay? Like recording and like doing that stuff together for that amount of time. And like, I know that other, other, other shows like record, like each episode comes out to being like three, two to three hours of tape and then boils down to like an hour and a half. So like, yeah, I don't, you, you record for like seven to nine hours. That's, that's a lot. I'm mm-hmm. sleepy after three. Mm-hmm. I'm sleepy after three. That's really my limit. Um, I will say this was easy. This was definitely easier. I'm glad that we did we did two because we we're starting to do two for um, the next stuff that we're doing. So this was really this was a really Ooh. good um, kind of slotting into that. Yeah. Question: Surgeon Michelle Spurgeon wants to know: Will we ever get Brando to lead a game? <laughs> Brandon, maybe Brandon. Okay. Who can say? I don't know. Who can say? I mean, I'm happy to, but I uh, I think that the. The thought process is that I also have to edit these, so we try to divide the work up as much as we can. That's fair. But I'm not opposed to it. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh. Brandon. Um, Vicky Moo also asked, are we going to get more goat parties in the future? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I We really like doing kind of one shots as we are transitioning to newer, bigger uh, things. So I am happy to run another goat party, another party of another system. I feel a little more confident. I definitely yeah. wanted to do goat party this time because my previous two experiences were Mothman and goat party. So I could definitely see myself branching out into another. Oh, that was um, so fun. <laughs> installment of the uh yeah the one page rpgs i know god it was so fun did i play a shakespearean actor who pretended to be a roommate yeah you did yes (laughs) i'm just a regular joe here with the rest of my roommates exactly (laughs) 
<laughs> that was very fun. I like that. Um, well, instead of spoiling corner, we have scheduling announcement corner here. Gonna, I'm, so, I'm still going to say who could say after the end of each one. That's fair. <laughs> and the answer is us. We, we are saying in this moment who what it is. Say? So for the scheduling announcements, again, we are streaming now. Come hang out with us. Twitch.tv slash JTP side quests. 6 p.m. Eastern Thursdays. Watch the VODs on Twitch. Eventually, we'll figure out YouTube. It, everything's changed since Amanda was on it so long ago. We're still we're still looking into it. It's a whole new world. And then this is what's going to happen in the next episodes going forward. We are starting ca- the camp pain. Yeah. Who can say? Yay! <laughs> I, we, we're we're right here. Right 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 Who it's can? True. Yay! There we nice. go. There it is. Okay. So after this, the next episode is going to be a world building episode where we're running another style RPG city planner thing. I, I made another world building game for all of us to kind of establish the camp that we're going to be playing at. Then ep- after this is episode one. The next episode after that is going to be episode one where we intro the characters and we do some story. It's not an episode zero. It's like we're taking the monster of the week kind of introduction stuff, but then we're doing some story stuff on top of that. So no skipping. No skipping. No you. Skip. This is there's important stuff in that. Do not skip that. Uh, and then we're having our first mystery, which is how you run in Monster of the Week. Your first mystery is going to be episode two and three, and then we're having an after party. So world building, episode one, episode two, episode three, and then an after party after four episodes. Because I don't think you're gonna have any questions about the world building other than like, wow, what is this? And we're like, <laughs> we'll show you eventually. So that's what we're doing four episodes before. Yeah. So you get a world building episode, three story episodes, and then an after party all over the next five weeks? What? Wowee. What? Who can say? <laughs> Who can yay? Who can yay? That's more like it. Thanks. Well, Eric, I got to say, I'm going to give you uh, 10 out of 10 stars, pumpkins, and tanicles for your hosting of this after party today. I like that tanicles rhymes with pentacles. Tanticles. <laughs> oh. Tanicles. Tanicles. I gotta go write about that in my tanical journal. (laughs) That's how you summon a tanical demon. (laughs) That's how I got I got the special tarot deck, but all of them are tanicles. Hold on, I have to write down tentacle demon for next time. Oh, sorry. Um Zoe, Zoe, I know you're listening to this podcast. Could you just make a button that says, um, ask me about how I got these tentacles? Just really (laughs) quick in the Joker font. If you could just take care of that and just put it up for pre-order at jointhepartypod.com slash merch, that would be wonderful. Cool. I got birthified in that someone gave me a tentacle (laughs) that I didn't want. I'm a bonesologist. I went to New Mexico and all I got were these stupid tentacles. (laughs) This is pretty good. It's pretty good. Unsubscribe. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. We can't wait to introduce you all to the camp pain. It's going to be a very, very fun summer. But in the meantime. Bye. Later. Bye, guys. May your rolls trend ever upward. Pistons. There it is. Piestins. 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 Piestins.
Pearsons. Pearsons. Pearsons.